Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Before we get started, I want to give you a reason up front to stick around for the next 10 episodes, as well as offer a warning. We are going to expose, using secret, undercover recordings, how the Federal Bureau of Investigation infiltrated and undermined the racial justice movement during the summer of 2020. This is not a story the FBI once told. And these episodes contain explicit language and descriptions of violence and death. Some listeners may find the show disturbing. I want to take you back to the summer of 2020. The pandemic is here, and a lot is still really unknown. For months, millions of Americans have been out of work, locked up in their homes, and left deeply uncertain about the future. The nation is a tinderbox of anger. Racial justice activists have come out in force in cities nationwide to protest against police brutality, resulting in an unprecedented explosion of activism around the broader Black Lives Matter movement. Right-wing activists hit the streets, too, as counter-protesters. Groups ranging from pro-police demonstrators to violent street thugs like the Proud Boys and militia groups like the Oath Keepers. It will turn to war. Some of the encounters turned violent. Don't fucking touch her! Someone got shot! In turn, anti-fascist activists, often dressed in black and referred to as Antifa, begin meeting right-wing violence with force of their own. The clashes result in the kind of political violence Americans haven't seen in decades. The city became a war zone. Large groups torched police cruisers as officers fired back with rubber bullets. Violence involving the Proud Boys and leftist Antifa in Portland, Oregon in recent weeks. The president has been calling for law and order, but many say he is fueling the flames. Lots of people on the right, from President Donald Trump in the Oval Office to Tucker Carlson on Fox News, they start calling out Antifa, painting them as militarized extremists who want nothing more than to kill cops and burn America to the ground. Black Lives Matter Antifa 
is going to grow like ISIS did in the Middle East. Violent young men with guns will be in charge. You will not want to live here when that happens. According to President Trump, anti-fascist activists aren't simply there to stop violent right-wing extremists and fascists. No, these Antifa guys, they're the real threat. Former Defense Secretary Mark Esper says that Trump suggested that the U.S. military shoot Black Lives Matter protesters outside of the White House. I think they're about to gas us. Mounted police have been coming down the street using flashbangs in front of them to clear what has been an entirely peaceful protest. Not 98%, not 99%, but 100% peaceful protest here today. If you remember, this public debate gets pretty ridiculous soup and they throw the cans of soup that's better than a brick because you can't throw a brick it's too heavy but a can of soup you can really put some power into that right yes sir people on the left are practically screaming this is all a distraction a distraction from the very real issues of police brutality against black people antifa is an idea not an organization oh, you got it not malicious that's what oh, his no, it's an fbi idea. his okay. fbi director said all the while demonstrators are marching and COVID is raging the economy is falling apart, people are getting shot, and nobody knows what's gonna happen next. Plus, there's this boogeyman hiding behind every corner. He's playing into Antifa being the boogeyman, being behind these protests. You know, Fox News is still running riot porn, acting like the riots are still happening today. But Antifa is just sort of this, this abstract boogeyman word that, that we hear on the other side. You can clearly see what happened. I don't think it is. What All I can tell you is we're not the evil boogeyman people think we are. What are you? People that care about our country. But what if I were to tell you there is an Antifa boogeyman? He was real. He drove a silver hearse. And the back of that hearse was filled with guns. Lots and lots of guns. And in the summer of 2020, he rode into town. I don't give a fuck about the cops and I don't care about the police. I do not agree nor accept fascism. But understand this. If you come to me fucked up, I'm gonna fuck you up. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I'm Trevor Aronson. From Western Sound and iHeart Podcasts, this is Alphabet Boys. So what, or who, is an Alphabet Boy? Alphabet Boys are federal agents or informants working for the Alphabet agencies. FBI, CIA, DEA, ATF. These are our national law enforcement and intelligence agencies that run around the country and the world fighting crime and collecting intelligence. These agencies aren't interested in small cases either. We're talking about really, really big cases. Some of the biggest attacks against the United States, criminal organizations, terrorists, etc. For about as long as I've been a journalist, I've covered the way that these alphabet agencies use undercover agents and informants to orchestrate so-called sting operations, where an undercover agent pretends to be a criminal, a terrorist, a drug dealer, an arms trader, a corrupt lobbyist, a money launderer, 
and on and on. We've largely come to accept undercover stings as legitimate and necessary. But it wasn't so long ago that many Americans found these techniques outrageous for the way they appear to create crimes and entrap people in criminal plots, made possible only by aggressive undercover federal agents. Each season of Alphabet Boys, we'll take you inside one of these investigations. It's the FBI sometimes you got to grab the little guy to go after the big guy. You'll hear undercover recordings that were kept secret until now. This is reference case number 415, season Charlie, New York, 300851. Okay, so you do personal security all over the world. You're connected to all these different people. You'll meet supposed terrorists, arms dealers, and drug runners. And you had somebody call you and say, can you get yeah. grenades and guns for this guy in Colombia? Not, not specified grenades, a lot of ammunition, AK-47. And you'll discover that while many of these cases have plenty of danger and intrigue... I just drove for eight hours and then I just stuffed my gun in the face of a federal agent. They also introduce so much absurdity... I got knocked off a building about a month ago and my hip is shattered. My manipulation is like a Jedi mind skill. ...that it's hard not to wonder... I'll be polite and professional. Are America's top cops catching real criminals? But I have a plan to kill everybody in the fucking room if need to be. Or... Are they creating them? If there's something you need, you let us know, and we'll get you what you need. Okay. This is season one, Trojan Hearse. Episode one, Summer of Rage. The protests in Denver continue as hundreds of protesters have gathered in front of the state capitol tonight. Of all the racial justice demonstrations around the country in the summer of 2020, Denver, Colorado, saw some of the biggest, most intense protests. We've been watching as fences are smashed, torn down, protesters starting fires and building umbrella barricades. This is a live look at downtown Denver, where we have seen this clash happening now for about the last... Thousands demonstrate outside the Colorado State Capitol, chanting a phrase synonymous with young black men dying at the hands of police officers. I can't I can't Some of the Denver protests become violent and destructive. The police fire pepper spray and rubber bullets into the crowds, injuring dozens. But the protesters just keep coming out, Undaunted. Day 10 of protests across Denver, nearly a week after police used tear gas and pepper balls to disperse protesters outside. And then one night, a new guy shows up at the protests. He's a white guy wearing military fatigues with patches and stripes that he claims to have earned fighting the Islamic State, or ISIS, in Iraq and Syria. He has a cigar dangling from his lips, and the car he drives is unmistakable. It's a silver hearse, with a sticker on the back window reading Peshmerga, the Kurdish military force. And inside this hearse was like a lot of guns, you know, like AR-15s and all other kind of shit. This is Zeb Hall. He was a regular at the Denver protests. Yeah, it was just this badass dude, you know, talking about he worked in the foreign military. He was for the Black Lives Matter movement. He just seemed like some authoritarian figure, you know, this powerful figure that was there. He was very convincing. But he did explain, you know, he was part of, like, uh, bad biker gangs. You know, he had committed a ton of violence, you know. 
But, you know, he was for this BLM movement. This dude was like a bad motherfucker. This bad motherfucker also introduces himself to another Denver organizer, Trey Quinn. He's like, I've done this and that. I was in the PKK and the French Foreign Legion and so on and yada, yada, yada. We ran night protests every night. And so we see him a bunch and he approaches us every single time from that point on. He walked up with a body cam on me. And here's another regular at the Denver protests, Bryce Shelby. I didn't think nothing about the body cam in hindsight just because... I just, I don't know. There, I, there was just a lot of things going on, I guess. He remembers the Hearst dude walking around with a GoPro camera strapped to his chest. It was strange. I guess he de-escalated any type of um, suspicion because he started, like, flashing his prison badge. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, okay, he's not, this guy ain't a fair. You walk around with a prison badge, um, yeah. Around the time this mysterious character starts showing up, the protests in Denver are stagnating. They're becoming this cat and mouse game between demonstrators and cops. People coming out in mostly peaceful ways. Cops coming out with riot gear and overwhelming force. People like Zeb, Trey, and Bryce, they're getting frustrated. Something more needs to happen. Something new. And then, something new does happen. I was like, hey, this guy, you know, he wants to train people how to, you know, defend themselves and use the weapons, and he showed me how to do it as well. A guy with real military experience is here. He's a commanding presence. He's got a hearse full of guns. He's going to take things to the next level. That's after the break. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Annabay. Annabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Annabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information, so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. 
That's 25% off at lifelock.com slash iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. We live in a very divided country right now, and that's not news. Everyone knows it. We talk about it over dinner, on cable news, on social media. But this division is something that really bothers Denver racial justice activist Zeb Hall. He thinks it's really a distraction. We're not focusing on how our government is abusing all of us. They're so good at dividing us. So good at it that we can't acknowledge things are happening to other people. We can't accept anyone stepping out to some degree from the groupthink. And that enables them to continue this mass surveillance. Instead, Zeb says, we sit at home watching cops and robbers shows with clear good guys and unambiguous bad guys the portrait of a just and fair American criminal justice system that has never really existed. Look at CBS. They have like fucking a million police officer shows. All these other like major networks. So we know the networks cater to them. Make them look real good. Hell, they could be listening in here. They could be in my fucking TV. The apparatus is that powerful. So yeah, Zeb, he's pretty skeptical of the U.S. government. And as a black man, Zeb's pretty tired of hearing about our racial divide. In his view, the U.S. government and the country's most powerful corporations encourage the racial division we now have so that poor white people and poor black people can't form the political alliance they naturally should. Well, I understand, you know, I mean, being black in this system, you know, I feel like this, yeah, okay, there's white privilege. But we're led to believe that it's this all-powerful weapon and white people don't have to deal with anything. And that is part of the thing that's used to divide us. But I dare someone to go in the middle of fucking Arkansas to a white community who lost a factory and say, hey, you're entitled. You've got this privilege. But we're made to think that way. They're dealing with the same shit. People in the inner city, they are fucked up. They're on drugs also. They're living in poverty. But we're made to think those white people in rural areas are constantly the enemy when they're living in a fucking hell as well. The same fucking hell as us. But we are told that that other side is fucking terrible. Zeb, whose full name is Zebedias, wasn't always this caustic. His anger really set in a couple of years ago, in early 2020, when the pandemic started. He saw how people on the economic edge, like him, suffered. Job losses, poor health care, mounting debts, and anxieties about eviction. At the same time, Zeb saw affluent Americans adapting to the pandemic with ease, working remotely, deliveries from Amazon in their local grocery store, lush, fenced-in backyards to get fresh air, 
iPads and new laptops for their kids to use for remote schooling. The pandemic, in Zeb's view, laid bare the inequities in America. Some of us had everything, while others of us were a missed paycheck away from poverty. We're all in danger. We're all in danger. And that is serious. I think in the right ways, I have become more radicalized because I care more about people. Zeb was born in 1984. His parents were in high school when his mom got pregnant with him. And then his dad skipped town. So Zeb's childhood was tumultuous. He lived with his grandmother for a bit in California when he was a small boy. And he eventually moved to North Carolina when his mother married a U.S. Marine. In his 20s, Zeb had a serious girlfriend in North Carolina. And she decided to move to Denver. So Zeb followed. And he and his girlfriend got married. I got here, shockingly, unexpectedly, on 420. And uh, she takes me downtown Denver, and I'm seeing all these people smoking weed. They're all going to get arrested. They're all going to get arrested. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I'm freaking out. Then I got pulled over by a cop in October of uh, 2012. And he asked, do you got any drugs in the car? I'm like, I've got some marijuana, sir. Okay, you got any drugs in the car? I've got this weed. And I'm freaking out. He says, no, do you have any real drugs? We're not worried about that. I'm like, oh, no, I do not, sir. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it was real funny. It was real funny. But that's how I got here. Uh, uh, you know, we uh, had a daughter along the way. She has our other two kids uh, as well, which is a big story on the side. But um, yeah, that's how I got here. How I got here. Zeb glosses over this part a bit. He and his now ex-wife, Bridget, had a daughter, as Zeb mentioned. But they were living in poverty and didn't want to subject their daughter to such a difficult life. So Zeb's mother and stepfather in North Carolina, who were well off by comparison, agreed to take care of the girl. Zeb travels back regularly to visit and tries to be there for big moments. Birthdays, first days of school, major holidays. It was around 2015 when his daughter was born. That's when Zeb began to feel America had become fundamentally unfair. That rich people were getting richer, and that no matter how hard he worked, he was getting poorer. He couldn't even support his daughter. The American system seemed broken. Zeb wasn't the first person to feel disillusioned with the American promise. But he and others were seeing how body camera and cell phone footage had created a near-constant stream of news stories about black people dying at the hands of police officers nationwide. Eric Gardner, Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, Freddie Gray, Breonna Taylor, the list goes on. In Colorado, in 2019, there was Elijah McClain. A 23-year-old who died after being arrested by Aurora police. Police say Elijah McClain was wearing a ski mask, acting agitated, and ignored officers' commands. Elijah was, by all accounts, an introverted, sensitive 23-year-old. He worked as a massage therapist and taught himself to play guitar and violin. Elijah would often play music at animal shelters to help calm the stray cats and dogs. Elijah also suffered from anemia, and so he'd wear an open-faced ski mask even during the summer in Colorado, in order to stay warm. On the evening of August 24th, 2019, Elijah walked from his apartment to a convenience store in Aurora, a suburb just outside Denver. A resident there called 911 and reported a man wearing a ski mask. Yeah, he's walking south on Billings Street. He has a mask on. And I don't know, he's too sticky. He might be okay. a good person or a bad person. Yeah. Elijah looks sketchy the 911 caller said, then added, he might be a good person or a bad person. Three cops responding to this call 
stopped Elijah as he was walking back to his apartment. The cops claimed Elijah resisted arrest and reached for one of the officer's guns. It's hard to know what's true. The video of the initial encounter is shaky and unclear. The body camera of another police officer recorded from the point that Elijah was already on the ground. We started that because he reached for Rosie's gun. That's one of the officers claiming that Elijah reached for a gun. As you can hear Elijah, pinned down to the ground, pleading to be let go. The officers speculated that Elijah was on drugs, but Elijah kept telling them that he wasn't on drugs and that he wasn't trying to resist. I can't breathe. I have my ID right here. That's what Elijah tells the officers. At the time, Elijah was handcuffed behind his back and one of the officers was applying a chokehold to his neck. I'm just different, Elijah told the officers, as a way to explain why they might have thought his behavior was odd, but also to assure them that he wasn't violent. He wasn't trying to resist. He kept saying that to the cops. Paramedics then arrived on the scene and injected Elijah with 500 milligrams of ketamine as a sedative. That dosage would have been excessive for a 200-pound man. Elijah was just 140 pounds. His pulse stopped, and he was taken to the hospital. Three days later, Elijah was pronounced brain dead and taken off life support. Elijah's death sparked outrage in Denver. People poured into the streets to protest. One of the first events I went to was uh, shortly after the murder of Elijah McClain. Zeb, angered about Elijah's senseless killing, was among them. He'd never been politically active before. You know, I went there and um, saw his, his mother and a few, bunch of other people, and uh, everyone was hurt. You know, uh, we knew it was wrong. In February 2020, after the demonstrations for Elijah McClain began to fizzle out, public officials announced they would investigate the police response. It was something, sure. But there wasn't a lot of faith that the police officers and paramedics responsible for Elijah's death would be held accountable. Then, three months later, on May 25, 2020, a white police officer in Minneapolis named Derek Chauvin arrests a black man named George Floyd on suspicion that he had used a counterfeit $20 bill. Chauvin restrains Floyd on the concrete street during the arrest, and he places his knee directly on Floyd's neck for approximately nine minutes. And he murders George Floyd. Good evening, everyone. We're coming on the air with the latest on the wave of protests and uh, unrest taking place at this hour across the country. Outrage at the death of George Floyd, an African-American man. In Denver, Floyd's death is like gasoline thrown on the warm embers of anger over Elijah McClain. Thousands of people protest in the streets, animated by both men's untimely deaths at the hands of police officers. And the Denver area police response to the demonstrations was brutal. In June, dozens of people gather in Aurora's public square for Elijah McClain. They call it the Violin Vigil, as many of the demonstrators play violins in Elijah's honor. The police, dressed in riot gear, storm into the demonstration and disperse the crowd with violent shoves and full-volume streams of pepper spray. Here we go. 
During other demonstrations, police in the Denver area fire pepper balls and rubber bullets into the crowds, injuring dozens. It's like fucking wild. I'm out there with my camera because I had never taken photos, you know, before I just picked up the hobby at the time. Zeb Hall had purchased a camera to document the protests. It was crazy, you know, I'm just, you know, taking pictures and I'm seeing this fire in Civic Center Park and then it's kind of like a Saving Private Ryan moment. Zeb isn't quite sure what happened next. Did a rubber bullet hit him in the head? Or did he pass out after being overwhelmed with pepper spray and then smack his head on the concrete? I'm like, you're just like kind of fuzzed out. There's a people picked me up off the ground and they brought me, you know, took me away, put some, uh, I think it was milk in my eyes and shit and uh, kind of brought me back too. But I was having issues after that. My head was hurting so bad and I wasn't able to sleep well. Um, I was just like, sporadic, like emotional, like losing my mind, you know, I had to get, I think it was a CAT scan, you know, um, they almost told me to like stop driving at one point. They were really concerned. Um, memory was off a little bit, you know, to some degree. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty rough. From that point on, Zeb admits, he's not in his right mind. He's taken a hard hit to the head and he feels traumatized by the police response to the protests, but he doesn't want to quit. It feels like they're on the edge of something big. Maybe the system could be reformed if enough people come out and speak up. He's too far in. Zeb can't stop now. And this is about the time that a man arrives in Denver, driving up to a protest in a silver hearse filled with guns. of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. One of the primary organizers of the Denver racial justice protests is Trey Quinn, a tall black man who wears a beard and large frame glasses. Trey identifies as a black nationalist. Through his activism, he's trying to promote organizations and causes that invest directly in black communities in Colorado. What we were asking for is the same type of investment in the community that would give us the same type of ownership in a city that other communities have you know people can look at you know the the skyline and they see all these buildings and none of those buildings provide any sort of wealth to black culture but they provide wealth to these other cultures because they have investments in that and we wanted to let people know this is what is really needed for us to get out of our situation since you want to help us so much This is actually what we need. And so that was my message. Trey dislikes that the protests in Denver and others around the country are being described as Black Lives Matter protests. Black Lives Matter is largely a decentralized movement, and the term became a catch-all phrase for news media worldwide. Any racial justice protest in America was described as a Black Lives Matter or BLM demonstration. But at the same time, a number of groups began raising money under BLM. And in Trey's view, very little of this money is being invested in Black communities. As Trey sees it, it's all a scam. They extract wealth from us via the donations that we get from these well-meaning white liberals who want to give us money, who want to stay out of it but want to help out. They see that as a cash cow. And so they became a barrier over top of us, a big fat bubble layer to catch all of that money before it reached us so that they could decide who to give it to, which obviously wasn't us. Besides all that, Trey has some real practical things to sort out on the ground. The police have established a reputation in and around Denver for responding to demonstrators with force, like they did on June 29, 2020, during the violin vigil for Elijah McClain. It's now mid-July, and Trey has gathered a bunch of demonstrators to teach them how to move together in a formation in order to escape safely from a charging line of police officers dressed in riot gear. The cops come in lines like stormtroopers, and so what they try to do is they'll pick a person off by separating the group with their line. And so I started teaching these people how to create, uh, you know, like a Spartan phalanx rank, essentially teaching them how to crescent moon and how to like open up in like a wide oval so that they can 
move their way out of a situation. And so if everyone links arms and everyone creates a crescent moon, it prevents the cops from wanting to go into the group and move people out because now they see that they are in danger. As Trey is describing how to employ this defensive tactic during a demonstration, a couple of other activists show up with this new guy. He'd driven up in a silver hearse. He's a white guy in military fatigues. And so they're like, hey, this guy's really, really dope. He's legit. He knows his shit. You should let him sit in and he could probably help you out. And so he comes in and essentially he's really pushy, trying to like give directions and trying to like, you know, like put himself at the forefront. To Trey, this guy's a brash know-it-all who's ready to take charge. And he looks like a biker. And Trey, he doesn't trust bikers. And I usually approach dudes who look like bikers in these groups because I just need to know, one, are you armed? So that I can keep an eye on you until I know that you're quote-unquote one of us or whatever, you know, the term could be. But this biker guy, he's got the goods. He's like, I got guys all around here videotaping. They'll give us a call as soon as the cops start moving around the corner, which they did. They let us know. By providing information about where the police were, information that turned out to be accurate, this guy quickly establishes credibility among the demonstrators. They start to trust him. And as far as Trey remembers, this is also around the time that Zeb Hall comes on the scene. Zeb was known for his impassioned and fiery speeches during demonstrations. At one of the demonstrations, Zeb meets the guy driving the silver hearse, the mysterious man who appears to be taking charge of the demonstrators. He's leading protests, organizing people, and drawing up plans. Zeb is in awe of him. He seems like a guy who can make stuff happen. He has military training. He speaks with a raspy voice of dominance. His shirt fits tight around his large biceps. It's like he has testosterone dripping from his pores. And he has guns. A lot of guns. He was there and I'm like, yo, this dude has a shit ton of guns in his car. So my thing is, he worked for a foreign military. He said the United States government knew it. So maybe this guy's allowed to have guns at that time. Zeb is enthralled with this mysterious guy. He's experienced on the battlefield, and he has expertise with weapons. Zeb exchanges phone numbers with him, and they agree to stay in touch. Yeah, see you at the next protest. See you around. Uh, I'll contact you, you know. I'll text you if I find out if this is going on or this thing. Zeb's new friend doesn't waste any time contacting him. He tells Zeb that the protests are reaching a tipping point, and that violence is coming. It's inevitable. The way I look at it is like, shit has to happen, it has to happen. Shit has to happen, he says to Zeb. How extreme do you expect it? Would you want it to go? This guy, he's about to take the racial justice protest in Denver a violent step forward. It's time to shoot the rich, he tells Zeb. It's time to take down buildings. It's time to burn down the whole system. I don't give a fuck about going to prison. I don't give a fuck about getting killed because believe me, I've fought ISIS or Daesh. I've fought Al-Qaeda. I've fought Hubble Shabi. I've fought in Iraq and I've fought in Syria. I've trained real Antifa freedom fighters in both those regions. 
And I am certainly not fucking scared of you. Who is this man? That's in the next episode. This is Trojan Hearse, season one of Alphabet Boys. Alphabet Boys is a production of Western Sound and iHeart Podcasts. The show is reported, written, and hosted by me, Trevor Aronson. For more information about this series, or to drop us a tip, head to our website, alphabetboys.xyz. You can contact me on Twitter or Instagram, at Trevor Aronson. We believe this story is important and could result in changes to FBI oversight and public policy. But to have impact, people need to hear this story. So we need your help. First, tell your friends about the show. Personal recommendations are the best recommendations. Second, spread the word on social media. At alphabetboys.xyz, you'll find FBI undercover recordings and secret documents. You can share stuff the government never wanted public. Third, help us ride the algorithms by leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. That helps other people find us. And thanks for listening. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.